There are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really actually supporting good overall oral health. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com. It's time for a healthy dose of According to the Castles, the show where we talk about marriage, family, faith, health, nutrition, fitness, and so much more. And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles. Hey, everyone. It's Amy Castles. Trey Castles. We have two very special guests today. We have Saloma Hirschberger and Katie Garber. And these two young ladies, young, beautiful ladies, left the Amish community and became Christians and living a life of freedom. They have a passion for sharing their story, and they have an incredible Instagram channel, so we'll post those links below. And here they are today to share their story. So welcome. Hi, Hi. thank you for having us. Thank you for having us on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. So we'll just get right into it. Wait, where are y'all joining us from? Oh, yeah, where are you from? Ohio. Yeah, I'm from Ohio too. And you are in Ohio right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Saloma, let's start with you. Let's share your story. I grew up in a very old order conservative Amish community. I was the age of 17 when I left and the size of the family was uh was 14 uh, 15 in our family and two of them died. Um there was a set of twins that passed when they were or they were stillborns when they were born. Um, and I was in the middle of the family. I had five sisters and 10 brothers. And um, my favorite childhood activities was getting together with cousins. And like when we used to have, uh, we used to call it gluten, but I think Katie used to. 
They used to call it a different, what is it, hand party or what do you no, call it? No, we called it quilting. Okay. A quilting day. Yeah, where women would just get together and we would quilt. And it was always fun for me to just get together with cousins because uh, usually us cousins, the ones that weren't married yet, would clean like windows or if they had church at their house, we would just get ready and clean everything. And then the women would quilt. Uh, the ones that were married. And so, yeah, that's kind of my story of where I came from. And In the Amish, we didn't have a church house. Everybody had church at, took turns to have church at their houses. So, and everything had to be clean from top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have an actual church building. No. There were, there were small churches in different houses. And now, just so everyone knows too, this is your community, unique to your community, right? Yep, yes. Because every Amish community is very different. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> yes. Even the community, me and Katie's community were very similar, but there were a couple things that we were allowed that Katie's community wasn't allowed. So it's it really varies from community to community. And I am speaking directly from my community, Yeah, where I came from. And Same here. if I say anything, that will... But then not someone, I guess they. Were. They need to. They need to know you're speaking just your experience. And who made? Who makes the rules in the community? The bishop. The bishop. I think the older people, like the oldest people in the community. Okay. Or whoever starts the community. I think don't they kind of vote? Yeah, I think they do. And then whoever, like, let's say they they don't they're not allowed to have chainsaws, but some of them want them, and then they would vote. I'm just using that as an example. They would vote, and if they get more votes for getting uh, having chainsaws, then then you know whatever gets the most votes is what they go yeah. by. Wow. Okay. So yeah. it's every community has its own like democracy, basically. Okay, Katie, tell us some of your story. So I also came from an old order, the old order Amish. Um, I came from a family of the eight. There was eight of us kids. I have uh, five brothers and two sisters, and. Uh, my favorite childhood activity. I think it's kind of funny because we both had the same one and we didn't know. Um, but mine would have been, you know, getting together with cousins or a lot of my relatives lived out of state. And that was kind of the only time we got to go out of state. That was in the, in the Amish where I came from, we weren't allowed to go on vacation. So that was our vacation was to go and visit our Amish relatives, our Amish family. What was their reason for not wanting you to go on vacation? You know, that was an, that, there's so many questions that I have that nobody has the answers for. I don't, do you know why? Mm -hmm. I, I really don't. Other than we were not really allowed to drive with drivers. We had to go with horse and buggy as much as possible. So I don't know, does that have, some, have something to do with like going with, drive, with a driver? I always just figured it is because it's, it, they think it's worldly, like you're going out there and you're gonna I don't know but I think God's creation is so beautiful like you can go to the Smokies out west or you can go to the beach and it's just it's beautiful mm -hmm. it's just very unique so I don't I don't I really don't know you know what the reason was that we weren't allowed to but you know so our vacation was go see grandpas go see aunts and uncles you know go see cousins and then we also had lady get-together days that we called quildings because the, the, the women quilted and us girl mostly just, I don't think we worked that much. We just kind of hung out and caught up and had a good time. I, I can totally see the two of you. If y'all had grown up in the same Amish community, <laughs> you would have both been the rebels and gotten in a lot of trouble. <laughs> 
I'm for sure. <laughs> I think that's a true statement. <laughs> Saloma, didn't I see something about you hiding a cell phone when you were younger? Did yes, I see I did. something? You yeah. did? Where did you get a cell phone? Uh, my cousins helped me out a lot. Uh, my parents were very strict. I didn't, I wasn't able to sneak out as much as my friends were, or my other friends. Um, their parents didn't care as much what their children did or what their kids did. So they, I would always ask them to get me something if I needed something. And they would go to Walmart or wherever and get, get phones. And, um, and then we had these little battery packs that we would take to the English neighbors to charge. Um, so we have um, something to charge our phones with. And so you guys had this little network of the rebels. Did you know <laughs> <Yeah>. yourself? <laughs> I guess if you want to call it that. <laughs> Uh, what, yeah. what was it like when you were growing up Amish? What was it like at that time? What was your mind thinking as far as um, when you were really little? Did you Were you happy? Did you feel weighted down and constricted? Did you feel something wasn't right? I don't think I ever was really. I mean, I didn't really think about it because I just grew up like that and I mean, you didn't really know any other way of living. Um, I remember I I got really mad when I was, I had a bad temper in me when I was a little girl. Um, but I don't know that that have anything to do with how we were growing up or I all think, that. But I think that can come from feeling controlled a lot. I know for me, yeah, I got very angry and it was just because I always felt like somebody was controlling me. I was never able to make decisions on my own or speak for myself or whatever it just kind of made me angry and feel rebellious or whatever so what at, at what age do y'all remember starting to see man this this is different i don't like this <laughs> i never really just had an age where i thought i would leave someday but i mean you were always told that you'd go to hell if you would leave yeah um so that fear was always in me that i would never leave and i also didn't want to put my parents through that because my older brother had left uh, when i was younger i think i was maybe 13 or so and the things my parents went through when my brother left it was so painful to see them like they would just cry and cry <laughs> and i felt bad for them and so i always thought you know i would never do that to my parents um till i was older um 17 i made the decision to leave that community yeah so so in four years there was there was enough of what was happening that you're like you know what i i want to be free <laughs> yes <laughs> yep that's so, that's courageous that's 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 huge it's a crazy decision yeah it was good for y'all was it Challenging being female in Amish, was there a difference in the way that the females were treated as the boys? Um, for me, it was, I mean, there were some things that my brothers were allowed to do that us girls weren't allowed to do. Like, they were allowed to go more places than us yeah. women. Like, I feel like that's in almost every family in the community where I came from. Like, it, it's just always, the woman's voice is not heard. And yeah. that is from growing up as a little child you're you're taught that from a little girl yes that you i mean you just really don't have a voice and you don't learn how to use your voice mm -hmm. and so you just kind of stay quiet yeah. and of course i remember um wondering why 
like if I would be allowed to do something, I'd be like, well, why can't, let's take Katie as an example, why can't she do that and I can't? Um, but, you know, it was, they didn't, they never really had an answer for that. They just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it wasn't really, they didn't really give us an answer why we can't. One of the things that my husband and I have been learning about is different personality types. Mm-hmm. And there are some personality types that have no issue with following the rules and the guidelines. Mm-hmm. And some people, they need that and they, they thrive on that. Mm-hmm. And other people have, by design, by God's design, a, yes. a, a um, inner knowing, if you will, to question what's happening, to question the rules, to break the rules, to find a new way around it. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are the lions, not the sheep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they don't follow the herd. And it sounds like that's how y'all are. You, yeah. from from a young age, you knew that you wanted to question the rules that were being put in front of you yeah. and yeah. the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a defining moment where you said, I'm ready, I'm going to leave? So I made that decision when I was 17. And my boyfriend at the time uh, wanted to leave, but I did not want to because I just didn't want to leave my family because me and my family were always really close. And I, I knew if I would leave, I would, that would mean I can't be with the family. Like it would just cut off everything. Um, so are you completely exiled when you leave? Yes. You can't come back. You can't communicate. You're, you're dead to the family. I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable going back. It's not like any of the other, they treat me different. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel welcome when I go home. And so that's part of the reason I don't go home. It's very awkward if I go home. I just kind of stay away. And I try to go home a lot. Like last summer I went home. I took a couple, I took some cookie dough over. And I thought I'll help mom bake some cookies. And then I'll leave them there for her. Just, I mean, just to show some love and, you know, maybe they will. We can have a talk or something, but it didn't really work out. I mean, it was a good day. I enjoyed it. It was really nice. And But before I left, she said something about that. The next time I come, it would be nice if I would dress Amish. Um, and I did not dress Amish when I went back, but I did wear a skirt. I like to respect them, but I just don't feel like I have to wear Amish clothes um, because mm-hmm. that's not who I am. But... They like if, I mean, that's how they want me to dress if I come back. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just hardly ever go back. And I feel like it takes more than one person to put put an effort in. And I just feel like I put so much effort in and they don't put any in. So I'm like, I'm just going to give up whenever they want to or if they're ready and feel ready to see me, they can, they know where I live Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. if they want to come see me. So, yeah. She actually only lives, uh, how, how far do you live from your parents? Um, it's like four, four or five miles. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're like, hey, if they, they know where I'm at, they can come around the corner and see me. Katie, what, what about you? Were, was there a defining moment when you decided to leave? Not really. I, I left the day that I, or I decided it the day that I left. See, I, I did never thought about it before, but our stories are very similar there. My boyfriend at the time also wanted to leave, but he was waiting on me, you know, to make that decision. But I just, I was always questioning why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I was always 
getting in trouble for breaking the rules. But I never thought that I would actually leave the Amish because I was always told that if you leave the Amish, you know, you're going to hell. And I just figured, you know, that's the biggest sin that I can make. And I just, even though I knew that I was, by breaking the rules, I felt like I was sinning. I always felt like it's easier to get to heaven make breaking those rules. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, you know what? <laughs> it's it's religious abuse. I mean, it's yeah. And I was I was very much measuring the sin, you know, measuring sin. Um, and uh, so I don't know. I my boyfriend at the time, as I said, he wanted to leave, and me and my dad never got along. I did not have a good relationship with my dad, and I just. I felt like I don't have a voice. And then when I turned 18, they wanted me to join church. And that's when you get baptized. And you basically, in the community where I came from, when you get baptized, you get baptized into their church, their rules. And by you getting baptized, you are saying yes to their rules. I'll follow, you know, I'll follow those rules. Um, I don't, you're not making a commitment to Christ or like, accepting Christ or giving your life to Christ. And I remember the morning that I got baptized, I asked my mom, you know, what, what, you know, the questions that the bishop is going to ask me, like, what, what does it mean? And she said, just say yes to everything. Oh. So that's how I got baptized. I just said yes to everything. Again, there's so many unanswered questions, unanswered questions. And it's like, I don't even think they know why they do what they do, so they can't really answer you. Mm-hmm. They just always did it because that's what the forefathers did. That's what they were taught. And they they really believe in, you know, follow, following the forefathers, doing as grandma and grandpa did. And I know when I left my dad, he always went back to that. He's like, you know, this is not the way grandma and grandpa taught us. Um, and, you know, he tried to fear me into that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I asked him, I told him one time, I said, what if they weren't taught right? Mm. And he just, he got mad at me. You know, he, he got very angry if I answered and asked any questions. Well, you used critical thinking. And that is not <laughs> something that was being taught because they, they don't want people to be critical thinkers. <laughs> no, because they think if you, if when they know that when you start questioning that you might leave or whatever and they don't want you to question mm-hmm. they just want you to stick to their rules and follow their ordning and just you know stay in the community or whatever so when i uh i joined church and i just kept getting in trouble and getting shunned by the church or punished by the church and so my mom and dad thought you know there's there must be something mentally wrong with me <sighs> that i just keep breaking the rules so they sent me to an Amish mental facility hospital thing. Oh, um, wow. There's there's like five or six of those places. And I was in there for three months. Wow. And then finally somebody came, an English person told me that I'm 18, I can sign myself out. See, I never knew that. I never knew that when, you know, you're 18, you're old enough to make your own decision. Yeah. yeah. I never knew that. And they don't want you to know that. So, but they diagnosed me with bipolar and they put me on like five or six different kinds of drop pills for bipolar. And it was like literally killing my brain. Yep. I would, 
from day in and day out, I would just go through my life with a bad headache. I couldn't remember anything from morning to evening. I was very forgetful. It was like frying my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I was in there for three months. And then my boyfriend and his English friend came to visit. And then he said, his English friend is the one that told me, you know, that I can sign myself out. So I went and told the staff that I'm going to sign myself out. And they went and got the head guy of the manager. Yeah. And um, I told him that I'm going to sign myself out. And he got very angry with me. He got right up in my face and he told me, if you leave this place, you're never going to make anything out of your life. And I told him, I said, I asked for the papers. I want to sign the papers and get out. So I signed the papers and uh, I left and I went home. And, you know, I wasn't at home for three months. So mom and dad, everybody was happy to see me. They weren't happy that I signed myself out, but they were glad to have me back. Well, that went well for like two weeks. And then dad was just back at, back at being himself. And we were just getting into it again. And so he said, okay, well, they got to sign me in somewhere else. So they took me to a different place, which I'm not even sure what the name of it was, um, to sign me in there. And I told them I'm not going to sign myself in. And it was like a seven and a half hour drive. So we drove up there. And I was very stubborn. I said, I'm not signing myself in. So my dad thought, well, if we stay overnight, maybe she'll sign herself in the next day. Well, that didn't happen. So mom said, well, she has to stay if I don't stay because she just couldn't handle everything anymore. So she signed herself in to stay and get some uh, mental, like get some help. My dad signed a paper that I can't talk with my mom and I can't call in to see how she's doing. He put a restriction on me so that I can't get any information from her. Wow. So we left and went home, and my boyfriend was with us at the time. And when we, we got home at like 3 o'clock during the night, and uh, my boyfriend was just going to stay overnight. That's how they did it in the community where I came from. You slept together when you dated. That's how you dated. You slept together. When you dated, you slept together? In the same bed? That's, how, that's the only time you were allowed to be together, really, was Sunday evenings. And then he stayed overnight, and you slept together, and then he went home the next morning. But you weren't allowed to get pregnant, because if you did, you would have to marry him, right? You weren't allowed to get pregnant, but nobody ever told you how you can get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. how that works. But yeah, every, everybody had like 14 kids, but nobody told yes. you how you get pregnant. Nope. There's some Amish girls that got married and never knew how, ki- how, you, know, how you have kids. Wow. And their mom had to tell them after they got married. But anyway, so we got home at 3 o'clock in the mornings, and me and my boyfriend were on our way into the house. Dad went in already. He locked the door. And so I knocked on the door, and he opened the door, and he said, what do you want? And I said, I want to come in. Like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And he slammed the door shut in my face. And there's a lot more that went on. But I looked at my boyfriend, and I said, this is it. There's nothing else left to do except leave. Like, Mm. I am clearly, I I was at rock bottom. (laughs) So we walked to some neighbors of ours and just sat on their doorsteps until they woke up the next morning. And we asked them if we can stay with them until we figure out where we're going to move to or what we're going to do. So There almost needs to be a halfway house for young kids who who leave the Amish community. Because it it sounds like to me that... Babies are born into the Amish community. 
and you don't get baptized until you're 17 or 18, 17. Mm -hmm. But during that time frame, you're brainwashed with all of the rules and the fear that's instilled into you that if you were to leave, so then you come to age where you have to, where you make a choice to get baptized in. And now you're really initiated into the, the church or that Mm -hmm. of whichever community you're in. And if you decide to leave, then you also, not only do you have the fear that you're going to hell, but you have the, reality that you're going to be shunned and ostracized from your community and you're going to lose your family. Mm-hmm. That is a very scary, really dark road to be down. It is. When people ask me how it was, I always say it's like jumping off of a cliff, not knowing if you're going to make it or not. Mm. Yeah. You know, you, you literally leave everything that you ever knew and you start all over with no friends, no family. Because for me, when I left, my friends didn't accept me either anymore. I lost everything. Like I lost all my friends, and you have no belongings or anything. So, mm-hmm. it is you know you're starting all over. Like you're truly homeless, familyless, friendless. I mean, you money, resources. It's you're yeah. literally like just kicked out on the curb. Are you you make yeah. the choice, but that that's where you have to start from. Yes. That's insane. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced after leaving? For me, it was. Not knowing if my family will, family and friends will accept me, mm-hmm. and no, not knowing if I will be able to survive on my own. We talked about money. Like I didn't know where I am going to be able to get a job, and everything was so new. I was not able to get a job for quite a long time because I didn't have my social security card. Um, my parents didn't apply for that, so I had to like start from the very scratch Wow! (laughs) because I had to get a apply for a social security card. You had to get in the system. Um, (laughs) You had to get a birth certificate. certificate. So apparently you have to get a birth certificate for your child within, is it three years, I think Mm -hmm. of birth. And my parents didn't get mine till I was 16. And so that was just a year before I left the army. And so it was a delayed one, and that did not help with getting my uh, social security card. I had a really hard time getting that. It took me three years to get my social security card after I left. Or, no, I'm sorry, two years. So it was very hard to get that. And, of course, I wasn't able to get a job or apply for a job because most times you need a social security card to get a job. Did you have any ID or identification or any way to know who you were? You were a ghost. (laughs) How did you have a place to live? How did you eat? How did you have transportation? How did you get on your feet? Was there any organization that helped you? Yes. Uh, My boyfriend had left a month before I did. Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved in with him. I I actually didn't even say how I left. Um, I had left at the hospital. My brother was in the hospital. So that was the moment I made my decision to leave. Mm. Um, And then I went home with him. And I lived with him for a couple months. And then I, after a couple months, I had a job. I worked on a farm. Um, but they just paid me out of pocket. Like they mm. just um, paid me in cash. Um, and then I worked there for quite a long time. I don't, I don't remember exactly how long I worked there. Um, but then I moved. And then I started working somewhere else at a coffee shop. And they also just paid me under the table. Um, 
till I got my social security card and then I got my driver's license and my friends and of course my boyfriend he helped me out so much like I don't think I could have made it without him um as far as getting to places and housing and helping me get on my feet and just all the things he helped me out tremendously so yeah it was it was hard but I feel like it made me appreciate the things I have now mm-hmm. because I had to literally start from scratch like I had no family to help me no no friends I lost everything just like Katie said like we literally started from from when we landed on the bottom of the cliff I guess <laughs> <laughs> you know it I don't think that the Amish community fits the definition of a cult because a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. So I don't know if there's necessarily a figure or an object that you were worshiping per se, right? But there it does well, kind of kind of the bishops because you look to them as basically I mean Nobody ever said it, but you're God, because you didn't look to God. You look to them yeah. okay. for everything. So, And they're making, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. it fits. It very much fits. And I never, you know, we have, we have organizations that help people come out of human trafficking. We have organizations okay. that help foster care children come out mm-hmm. of the system mm-hmm. because they're homeless. When mm-hmm. when foster care children come out of the system, they have I think it's two hundred and fifty dollars that they're given by the state, and then they're turned okay. they're turned loose. Those kids and that have, does not go far in today's world. No, it doesn't, and it's the same. It's the same situation for people who are leaving the Amish community. They're starting over from scratch to have nothing, and they're left. Uh-huh. They're leaving an organization that has instilled a lot of fear. And a lot of insecurity, I'm sure, you know, y'all are both still very young. So I'm sure that there's a lot of emotional issues that are going to continue coming up through the years. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you that at 42 years old, I'm seeing that. And so does my husband. Yeah, I see her baggage all the time. Whatever. I'm just playing. there's, (laughs) There's one thing that I still really struggle with, and that is... If I sit down or take a break during the day, I feel like I'm lazy because that's always what my dad told me. Mm. I was never allowed to be sitting somewhere or taking a break during the day. If my dad seen me, he called me lazy. Mm. So, you know, if I want to go hang out with Saloma or I want to go hang out with ladies or just have fun or whatever, I always feel like my husband's going to think I'm lazy and I have to continuously ask him, do you think so? And he's like, I will never think that you're lazy. You're not a lazy person. (laughs) But it's like he has to keep telling me that because Mm -hmm. that's what I've been told from up until I, you know, was 18 years old. And something like that really, it really scars you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's something that, you know, I feel like I still struggle with. Well, the words that are spoken over us as we're children and growing up, they they run deep and they become, oh, yeah. they become our belief systems. And then yep. we act on them almost subconsciously and don't even realize until somebody stops and says, why, why do you think that way? And yeah. you have to really sit back and go, hmm, what was my earliest thought about that? And those are just changing our belief systems. Yeah. When did you both discover Jesus? You guys, bo- or you ladies, I should say, are both 
um, vocal about your faith. And it's, it's very refreshing. And I would just love to hear more about that. Um, when I discovered Jesus, I was uh, still a little girl. Um, I think I was around eight years old. I had a wonderful dream of him, but I cannot remember anything of what it was. I just remember it was, it was very special to me. Like it did something to me. Um, but I never really got to have a relationship with him or get to know or got to know him when I was growing up Amish. Um, and I would always, as a little girl, I would say my morning and evening prayer before I go to bed. And we used to have these little prayer books that dad would always read out of in the morning and in the evening. And it was in German and it was always in the, like the same prayer every night and morning. Um, and then I always just, I didn't know the reason why I have to say the prayer, but I knew that it's something that you should do or, you know, um, and I also didn't understand what I was reading. Um, but I just read it because I knew that's the right thing. <laughs> wow. Um, and that is when I discovered Jesus. And then I didn't have a relationship with him till after I left. Um, my uncle introduced or shared the gospel with us, me and my husband. Um, and that's when I got saved. Um, so. Wow, that's beautiful. So your uncle had left the Amish community as well? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. Uh, I think a lot of people know him. It was Joe Kaim. Um He has a mission, mm-hmm. um, mission, mission, to to, mission to Amish people. He yes. helps out a lot of Amish people, and so yeah, he he has like a house that if Amish people leave or if young people leave, they and they need a place to stay. He has a house for them. And does he just um, take girls or does he take guys too? Mostly girls, I think. I think. I mean, I think it's easier for guys to leave and find a house or a place to live at than it is for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so he mostly, I think it's mostly girls or yeah. women that go to that house or to that place. And I think they're allowed to stay there for a year and get on their feet, get their you know, yeah. birth certificate, social security number, and then by then, you know. And he's also got a store there that he hires a lot of them to work in so yeah it's a food store yeah if they need a place to work at or just anything that's amazing that's what i was saying earlier was that there i I hope that there's something like that and it sounds like that there is and i'm sure he's not the only one that's like no there's there's more but i feel like there's not enough places yes they can also only take so many for sure and i feel like nowadays there's just there i mean you just hear it way more that you know they're amish that are leaving and Right now, there's a lot of married Amish leaving. Wow. Yeah. There's a bishop, that, there's a bishop a... that left because he got to know Christ. He started reading his Bible in English and understood what he was reading. And when I back when I left, it was young kids. Like I never heard of a yeah, married people leaving. Yeah. So wow. I think there's a revival. I think there's a revival going on in Amish communities. God is. Mm. touching them that gives me chills Saloma I had a question when you had a dream about Jesus when you were little had you been taught about him or did that just divinely come to you um I mean we did read our bibles and stuff but I no, I didn't really know him I mean I knew there was a God but it's like I knew him as a judging God or Mm -hmm. like he would judge us for every mistake we do and 
and for our unforgiven giving God, like mm-hmm. he, it would be very, you would have to work in order to be forgiven. Wow. Um, so no, I did not really knew him. It was just like, when I had that dream, I didn't realize how special that is going to be till now that I'm saved. I remember that I had that wonderful dream and it's like, that just stuck with me the rest of my life. That was no doubt a divine no. intervention. No. That was no doubt in a divine intervention. Okay, Katie, what about you? What was your story? Um, well, me and my boyfriend at the time, um, we lived in PA. And uh, the guy that we were working for, um, he treated us very poorly. He paid me $2.50 an hour, and he paid my husband we got married then but he paid my husband five dollars and twenty cents an hour and so we were barely making enough to you know to get by or whatever so there's a lot more that went on there but then we decided to move up here to ohio where we're at now and we didn't know anybody but we found out about her uncle that has this amish what is it called amish mission Amish. Mission to Amish. Mission to Amish people. Yeah, that's what it's called. We found out about him, so he met us at a gas station up here, and they took us in for a couple days, and my husband started working for her uncle, and uh, one evening, he uh, we lived with them for a couple a couple days, and then they got us, um, you know, some... She took us... His uncle's wife took me to the Goodwill, and they got us, you know, a mattress and just some things to get us by. And uh, then the, uh, one evening, her uncle sat us down and he asked us if we have ever accepted Christ. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, this was all new to me. I didn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you can actually accept Christ and, you know, receive him as your Lord and Savior and, I didn't know any of that. So he, you know, sat down, he gave us an English Bible and he pointed out right where, it, you know, right where it says it. I think it's in Romans 10, 9 was one of them that he read off. Mm-hmm. Um, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. I don't have the Bible with me, but um, so, you know, he took us through the Bible and showed us different scriptures. And so we accepted Christ that, that evening. And I was still on my, all of, all of my five drop pills for bipolar at this time. Oh, wow. And I had left for a year already. And I remember the next morning I got up and it was like the light came on. I was like, it was like God spoke to me. I was like, wait a minute. I don't need these pills. I don't have bipolar. There's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I quit taking those pills that morning, and I never had any side effects from it. Oh, wow. And normally when you're That's on pills crazy. like that. Yes, I know. Normally when you're on pills like that, you have to slowly get off because, you know, there's side effects to mm-hmm. it. Yep. Well, I just stopped. I just stopped that morning, and that was that was the end of those pills. But So that's, that's how I uh, accepted Christ and... Uh, that's kind of when I made the decision never to go back Amish because I always thought that I would um, go back at one point in time because I thought, you know, I'm going to hell out here. But I I was like, you know, I'm going to come out here and just have some freedom and just 
live my life and have nobody tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to experience that, you know, freedom or whatever. But then uh, after we accepted Christ and I started uh, reading my Bible more and, you know, just learning more about who God really is and who he really is to us, um, I just, you know, made the decision to never go back because I realized that it's not about being Amish yeah. in order to go to heaven. That's right. And I feel like once I had that relationship with him, it's like that fear left me. Mm-hmm. And I knew I'm not going to hell anymore. And the lies that were spoken of Yeah, us. it's like those are things that aren't even true. And, you know, they for me, sometimes they still come back. But I'm like, no, leave in the name of Jesus. That's not from Christ. That's not what God says about me. And mm-hmm. one way that I like to look at it is if, you, if I have any negative thoughts, that's not from God. Because he is not a negative God. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, so it's not from him. And I'm just like, you know, leave. That's, you know, and then I try to tra- uh, change it. You know, if I have a negative thought, if I think something negative of myself or of someone else, I like to replace it with a good thought or like think of something encouraging and kind of push that thought away or whatever. Um, but so, yeah, you, you have to start all over. <laughs> that's so beautiful. I, You know, I didn't, understand truly what it meant to receive Christ until probably 2018 or 2019, I believe it was, that I really, I understood. I mean, I grew up going to church, but I didn't understand what it meant to receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand that before God came in the flesh on this earth as Jesus, as a human, um, his the Holy Spirit would would come to different people, and they mm-hmm. would be considered a prophet, is because His Holy mm-hmm. Spirit would come. But after Jesus left, you everyone was available to have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you accept Jesus Christ and you receive that Holy Spirit, it is the most amazing feeling you could ever have. It's better than mm-hmm. it's better than any drug, sex, um, <laughs> uh, food, any kind of addiction. Yes, anything. It's greater, yeah. and yeah. it is um, the, the stories that I hear about how someone has received healing, um, like you have, Katie or Saloma. You you receive truth. You receive truth, and I just it's just beautiful. It. it blows my mind. I just love listening to it. And I love yeah. hearing testimony stories I of when too. people receive the Holy Spirit. I absolutely love listening to testimonies. I could sit down all day and just listen to testimonies. It's amazing what God can do. Well, it's amazing what he's done in y'all's lives. I mean, y'all have an unbelievable story and testament to just your, your own faith and courage to step out away from something that you inherently felt was wrong. And that takes a lot of strength to do that. So y'all yeah. are awesome. Yeah. Well, you pretty much okay. answered the question, but um, just to be sure, when you had a Bible while you lived in the Amish community, it was a German Bible. So you were yeah. only so mm-hmm. you were only able to read the Bible in German. And it wasn't until after you both left that you saw your first English Bible. Correct. Uh, well, for me, it was not. We so we had a. We were only allowed to have German Bibles, but mm-hmm. Dad was working for an English person, 
And so for Christmas, they gave him a Bible for a gift. And he brought it home. And I remember it was laying there on the desk. And one day I went in. I, I didn't even realize that it would stand out to me that much. Mm-hmm. But I opened the Bible. And I came to S where Esther had a, got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I'm like, what? The Bible talks about a woman being pregnant? <laughs> and <laughs> thought we're not allowed to talk about yeah. that stuff. We're not even allowed to know where babies come from. I know. Wow. <laughs> and I remember I took it to mom and I said something about this uh, this verse that I found. And But she didn't, she didn't really talk, say much about it. And she really didn't care that we had an English Bible, but dad did not like it. And he said, we have to get rid of it. So um, I don't know what happened with that Bible. I've never seen it again. So I'm guessing they probably took it away. But yeah, I just remember of seeing that verse that it talks about a woman being pregnant. And (laughs) it just stood out to me. Um, Probably because we were never allowed to talk or know where babies come from. This book is full of sin. Get it away. English Bible, go. (laughs) You know what? Uh That's what they said. You know what? I have have a, um, a thought about something. You said that when you go home, you don't like to dress Amish because you are not Amish anymore. Mm-hmm. But when missionaries go overseas to, say, um, I don't know, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. the women dress in the full burqas because not only do they have to because it's by law, but also out of respect, even though they may not be Muslim. But they are yeah. there to do missionary work. If you could possibly maybe consider shifting your mindset to go home, when you go home, wear your Amish clothing out of respect, but also to get into the community and slip your brother and sisters some small English Bibles and pray for them while you're with them. Nobody knows you have to be praying for them, but it can be a way of both of you almost infiltrating in and saving more lives. Just mm-hmm. a thought. Just yeah. a thought to consider. Absolutely. Well, see, I had, I've always worn Amish clothes, and I've, I left 10 years ago. But the last time that I went, I wore an English dress. And they never allowed me into the house um, in English clothes before. They always told me I'm not welcome in. So the last time that I went, I had an English dress on, and it was like God blocked their eyes from it. They didn't even mention the dress. I never once seen them checking my clothes out or anything. Wow. They didn't say a word about my clothes. (laughs) And I was, when I left, I was like, okay, Lord, you have proven yourself again. (laughs) Every time. Yes, but, you know, when I go home for the day, you know, I'm always, like, silently praying as I go through the house different areas of the house. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean this in a negative way or in a way to judge, but when I go home, you can just, you can feel the heavy weight. You can feel the, I want to say the darkness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just, and and I always leave with a headache. I don't know why, but I, it's just, there's so much pressure and it's like, I just can't wait to get back to my home where, you know, and, out of there or whatever but you know I'm just I always silently pray throughout the whole house and it's just there's just there's just a lot of negativity in the house and you can I can feel it yeah Yeah. that makes sense um 
Are there, yeah. are there any misconceptions about the Amish community that either of you would like to clear up? Well, you know, we do make a lot of reels and talk a lot about the Amish, and we have had quite a few people message us and, you know, tell us how this and that that we say is not true. And, you know, we are simply speaking for ourselves and for the community that we came from. Mm-hmm. Um and the other day we went live and I mentioned something about all the the sexual abuse that goes on in the Amish that they just kind of brush, you know, under the rock. They take it to the bishop and it goes no further. They don't want the law involved. And some people kind of got on us for saying that. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's like we're not speaking of every community. We're just simply talking about the community where I came from and yeah, I feel like there is a lot of abuse that goes on in the Amish community. Incest- incestual or amongst the communities of the church? Is it girls and boys? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like dads, dads and uncles, girls, grandpas. Uncles their, there's grandpas that do it to their grandkids. It's just, yeah. it's all over. I mean, mm-hmm. we hear it up here in the community where we live at right now. There's a big Amish community here, and... You know, we hear it from it all the time. And my dad, he used to, like, physically abuse my mom. Like, she got treated as a child. And, you know, I remember times when my dad would pinch my mom. He'd push her. She'd come crying, holding her arm, and her arm was black and blue. Like, mm. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of abuse that goes on in the Amish, and they don't want anybody to know. Yeah. And I think, I think it needs to be spoken about. You know, the Bible says to bring the darkness to the light, and... I think we need to, you know, bring these things out to the light and mm-hmm. to talk about them. And it's like, there's so many people that, you know, call us out for lying or making something up or not speaking the truth or whatever when we talk about it. And, so, and that might not be going on in their community. Not that they know of. Yeah. I mean, it might be and they just don't find out because it doesn't get talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I also don't want to speak for them, but yeah. it's like, we never know what other people are going through and it's not nice to talk about it if we don't know um but yeah these are things that do need to be talked about because i have always had a positive view of the amish i always thought the amish make really great furniture i've thought the they Am- do. yeah they do. <laughs> i thought the amish makes really good cheese <laughs> i know that sounds they silly do. but that's because there was a amish furniture store with the coolest like sliding drawers and they look like they came from Santa's workshop or something. And Amish, you make really good furniture. My dad actually makes furniture and he, he takes a lot of pride in what he does. <laughs> hey, you got any hookup to some uh, Pollywood furniture because I need to make Stop an order. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, we do. We do. Oh, really? Okay. We're talking. <laughs> after- That's how it happens right there. Oh my time. gosh. Okay. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Ours sells poly furniture. Okay. And my husband delivers it, so we oh, could yes. deliver it for you, and then we could come out and visit Whoa. you. There oh, my gosh. Okay, we, have, we have a place for you to stay and everything. Um, <laughs> oh, and my then, goodness. That would be so fun. And then you can teach me how to make some sourdough bread. But I've uh, also heard you have make really good bread. I've also been told um, – that you don't deal with all the politics of the world because you don't have TVs and everything is, you know, like little house on the prairie and yeah. your little wagons and stuff. That's what, these are the kinds of images that we've been 
told. So to understand more, there is a hierarchy. There is a um, there is religious abuse. There is religious um, uh, just fear and fear mongering, if you will, Absolutely. and control. Just like. In, yes. Just like in many communities, and there's many communities that are like that. There's Christian yep. communities that can be like that as well. Absolutely. Um, okay. Are there what values do you still hold dear today? Gardening. Yeah, I um, hold my uh, work ethic very dear. Like I'm very proud of my parents for teaching teaching me. us the work ethic mm-hmm. and. Cooking skills, baking skills, garden skills, and sewing and cleaning. Like, there's so many things that I am so proud of them for teaching us those things. Like, I mean, I'm blessed to know all those things. Yes. And so, like, we are not, we weren't taught that for no reason. And I would love to start a big channel or something um, of baking and bring people in and show them how to bake. And yeah. I think that would be so fun. Those are, those are um, skills. I mean, that, that they taught you skills, physical skills. Yeah. Yes. You definitely learn how to cook clean when, when it comes to work ethic, like, yeah. I love it. That is a very good thing about the Amish is, and um, how they help people out if, yeah. if they're in need of something or like, they're just always there to help people. Um, that's one thing I love about the Amish. Yeah. Like if somebody wants to build a house or anything like that, they're all about coming together and just pitching in and just making it happen without being paid. And I think that's one thing that I that's wish we would see more in mm-hmm. today's world. It's like just coming together for the day. I'll cook you up a storm, but if you help me get my barn built, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's important to see that even every community is going to have – some negative things, but there's also positive things too. And Mm -hmm. if we could all come together and teach each other and learn together, we could make the world a better place. What are, okay, this is the last question. And I don't know if it disappeared on purpose, but if you don't want to answer, we can just cut this part out. (laughs) What are your favorite modern conveniences? I say everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Anything that plugs in. <laughs> yes. We're, yes. Um, well, when I go home to visit my parents, I'm always swiping my hand up the wall to turn the lights on. So I would say that's one thing <laughs> that I really like. When I go into a room, I just, I don't know. If I go to the bathroom, I'm like swiping my hand up the wall. And I'm like, oh, no electric. <laughs> no electric. Um, that is hilarious. So I love electricity. Um, I just, I don't know. I like cold running water and electricity. Well, shoot, hot, <laughs> and I like hot, hot water. water. Hot, hot water. Yes. We're allowed to have cold running water, but not hot water. Yeah. We, we have, have to heat water. that up on a wooden stove. Ugh. So a hot bath was like one of the first things that was just probably amazing. See, that's another thing that's just... We crazy. actually, like, always... We never took a shower when we were Amish. We would always just take a bath. We would sit in a big bathtub, kind of like... I don't know what do they call those. I don't even know what to call them, but it's a big tub that you would sit in. And we were only allowed to sh- take a bath once a week. Once a week? Ooh. And, <laughs> yeah. And d- I, did Dad get the last bath? <laughs> oh, <laughs> golly. <laughs> I, we were allowed to change water. Like, I mean, 
so I know me and my sisters used to bass in the same water. Mm-hmm. Like that's they would take that's... a bath and come out, and then I'd go in and take a bath, and the next one would go in and take a bath. Um, but usually, I mean, like the older ones would change their water every time. Like we had a big, big kettle. It was like maybe thirty gallons of water that it would oh, wow. hold, and we had a little fire underneath. Mm-hmm. And then every time somebody took water out, they would have to make sure that they fill, put in as much as they took out. Yeah. Mm. And that kept it hot, like, for the next person. Um, nice. So that's how we uh, heated up our hot water. And then if we wanted hot water upstairs, like, just to wash the dishes and stuff, we would have a tea kettle that we would put it in and uh, put it on oh, the okay. stove. And we also just had a wooden stove. We would have to make our wood, cut wood, and mm-hmm. make sure we have enough wood for the winter and... That's, That's how we thing. fired out or warmed up our yeah. house too. Like that wood stove would heat the whole house. A lot of preparation. Ooh, that's a yes. lot of work. Yep. And we had to work for everything we wanted. Yes. <laughs> In the community where I came from, um, you know, when they made the wood, all the relatives got together one day and just helped each other get, uh, cut one person, you know, one family's wood and then you'd go to the next one. Oh, okay. So it was, you know, that always made it more fun if you did it together. For sure. Everything is better together. Exactly. exactly. Better together. Okay. So uh, what people may not know is that Saloma and Katie have their uh, Instagram pages and they collaborate and do skits and their skits are hilarious and they're so cute. I love them. And their skits, y'all are often playing back what it was like being Amish or just random stuff. I don't even know where y'all come up with your stuff, but you, you have some really great skits. But one of the things that I've enjoyed and a lot of people have enjoyed is when y'all have done a pretend argument in Dutch. So can we finish out the show with you to discussing something, uh, arguing, I don't know, maybe you could um, talk back and forth about, um, how to make the bread, and one of you is doing it right, and one of you is doing it wrong, and say it in Dutch. Can you do that? My mama taught me to stream and to shop it. Must in the pan do it so special box and hooky. Not so feel male net because it's too hot. I have no idea what you said. I have no idea what you said, but that was great, y'all. Thank you so much for coming on. I so enjoyed just meeting you and talking with you the other day, even before this conversation. And I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy this podcast. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed enjoyed it too. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has been a pleasure to meet you guys too. Okay. And I want to just compliment on you, how young you both look like, you don't, I think you said the other day you're 40, 40, 42, 46. And you definitely don't look that old. Yes. She's a teenager. <laughs> Follow my health and wellness podcast. People will give you anti-aging tips. <laughs> There's the plug. I was going to say it's probably because of your health and wellness and it really matters what you put in your body. Exactly. Absolutely. So, Thank you so when much When I heard for about your that. podcast, I'm like, dude, I would rather come on here and interview you so that you can teach me about all your... Oh, I, I love it. I, love I it. promise you would know more or you, you have learned through your life to avoid chemicals and artificial flavors, colors, sweeteners, dyes, artificial foods. So that's really what it's about. It's about eating real, real foods. And y'all are already doing that. So 
and and yeah. no sugar and alcohol that makes a huge difference yeah. yeah yeah I'm not a big alcohol person <laughs> yeah me neither Really? I thought you but, guys yeah. would both be putting it back like every night. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. You would think since we're, we're not allowed to when we're, we're Amish. It's like, but, freedom, yeah. give me a beer. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is what I went to after I left. Yeah, I was going to Because it's like all those desires washed away. Like I used to drink and get drunk all the time and I used to smoke mm. cigarettes. And, and that used to be a big thing. Like oh, I we thought to, it was so cool to go get drunk. Mm-hmm. And that was something we weren't allowed to do when we were Amish. Yeah. Well, but there's, I'm not there's that rebel. I'm not proud of it either. But, you know, after I accepted Christ, those desires disappeared. Yeah. I had no desire to not know what I'm thinking or, you know, the Bible talks about not getting drunk. And, you know, so mm-hmm. I want to be able to, I want to know what I'm thinking. I want to be in control of my thoughts. I don't want to. That's how I feel I, too. I don't. I remember one time when I was Amish, I got drunk. I woke up between a. I was laying. This sounds horrible, but I was laying between a horse's legs. Oh wow! Between a horse's legs. So that's the rebel I was. Oh my gosh! Just passed out on the ground in between a horse's legs. I'm gonna start calling you. (laughs) And I lost my. I lost my one shoe out in the field somewhere. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop. I'm gonna start calling you. Let's have another podcast on the things y'all did when y'all got free. (laughs) Wild stallion, Katie. (laughs) <laughs> you are the wild stallion katie <laughs> i don't even know that person anymore hey it's listen like we've all had cat. stories it's even in us, us all even us who've grown up not you know not in the amish community we've all gone through our little wild streaks i mean mm-hmm. i was really good yeah. at a keg stand do you know what a keg stand is oh yes yeah oh yeah really? oh, she <laughs> oh golly i cannot see you doing that well, she stopped last year, so we're fi- we're proud of her. Whatever. No. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. Y'all have a wonderful afternoon, and we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, great meeting you. Too. Thank you Thank very you. much. You have a good day. You Thanks too. Thanks for having us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly. There are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. 
But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really actually supporting good overall oral health. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com.